Hey guys, welcome back to Unpopular. What's going on? I have a few things to talk about today. Not a lot of things. I didn't want to put too many things on here because sometimes I can waffle on too long about the one subject. Not that anyone has said that to me. No one's been like, oh my God, you talked about that too long. But I just sense it for myself because I get so many ideas of things that I want to get into and I make a really long list. And then I've recorded for like an hour and we're only like halfway through the first topic. But I want to talk about some Ariana stuff and I kind of debated, do I want to get into the Ariana of it all? Because it's it's been done to death. I think we're all fucking exhausted by it, but I've kind of been looking at it all from like a PR and a branding perspective. Um, I've been very curious been very curious about what Raquel's strategy is, but also just how much money Ariana is making. I'm always interested in celebrity kind of product lines and endorsement deals. And whenever celebrities come out with, you know, a skincare line or fucking a denim company, whatever, I'm like, is this selling? Is it stocked in stores? Who's buying it? Because so many of these brands are just not successful. So all of that fascinates me. And I wrote a story uh, for the Daily Mail the other day, and we're going to talk about it a little bit. And I reached out to some kind of branding people and PR people because I just wanted to get estimates. You know, I can't get the official figure of exactly how much money Ariana's making because only she knows that. But I wanted to get like industry estimates of how much fucking money is she walking away from this goddamn split, you know, you went from a nobody that was about to be phased out of the show to just raking in the dough. One of the people I spoke to was Mama June's manager, (laughs) Honey Boo Boo and Mama June's manager. And you should be good for a quote. She's an icon, actually. I should, um, I should get her on the podcast sometime. She's a former porn star who started a management company And then she started representing like Mama June and Michael Lohan and people like that. And now she has like a full on huge entertainment company. They have so many people on the books. They do so many different things. Like they they get um, brand and endorsement deals for people, but they do PR. They produce television. I mean, she has a real... I don't want to say rags to riches story because I'm sure she was making decent money doing porn, but to go from doing porn to running like a, a multi, multi-level huge entertainment company is like iconic. But anyway, we did some boots on the ground work and we did some real journalism instead of just aggregating everything, which is what most journalism is. And I have some bad news for you guys. I unfortunately, against against every fiber of my being, I have to come out as Team Ariana. I know that it would be good for my brand to be unpopular and to just hate on her and to just go all in on Tom and Raquel. And that's what I wanted to do at first, just because I am skeptical. So when I see everyone going in one direction on something, I want to go, hang on, like, what's the full picture here? We know that Ariana's no saint. We know that Lala ate her box out in the back of the car. We have Tom saying that she was um, possibly manipulating him with her, with her mental health. I wanted to hear both sides of the story. I wanted to like get into it a little bit more. I didn't want to get the pitchforks out straight away. And I was never a fan of Tom or Ariana's whatsoever on the show. They're kind of like my least favorites. So, you know, I would want to be a little bit skeptical and not get on the bandwagon, but 
she's won me over, you know, facts are facts. And I saw her on the Call Her Daddy podcast, which is funny because I wasn't even planning to listen to that, you know. She was dropping teasers for it, Alex from Call Her Daddy. And I was like, please have Raquel on, please have Raquel on. I mean, I didn't think that she would just because I know that Raquel is in hiding, apparently. Um, I don't think she has a phone. I don't know what she's doing, but she's off disappeared off the map, which I think is probably a good thing right now. But um, the interview was Ariana, and I even posted something shady about it, I think, on Instagram. I'm like, how many fucking times can we hear the same story? Like, yes, bitch, you got cheated on. Like, join the fucking club. <laughs> it happens to everyone, all right, girl? Um, so I said, let me put this Ariana call her daddy interview on it was two fucking hours and it was really good and ariana came off great and she explained everything rationally calmly logically for the most part she wasn't annoying i think it's annoying when she calls raquel um rachel which is her real name well rachel and everyone thinks that they have like the burn of the century when they call her rachel it's so embarrassing like so many people change their names. Half the cast changed their names. Like, hello, Jax was Jason. Lala is Lauren. I mean, they've done this. The the troll losers online were always like, Lauren from Utah. As if that's as if that's an insult to her. It's like, yeah, Lauren from Utah, who came to Hollywood and like made all this money and is like super famous and hot now and is called Lala. Like what you think you're dragging her saying she's Lauren from Utah. You're just showing that she had like the come up of the century. And I don't even like Lala, but it's just so like bird brain to be like Lauren, Rachel, so embarrassing, so cringe. So that I didn't like that Ariana did that, but everything else I'm like, I believe her, guys. I believe it all. Even if there's like a few little bits there where she's, you know, whatever. We're all kind of biased. Like this, you know, his side, her side and the truth in the middle. But I'm definitely on her side. And, you know, Tom Sandoval is a loser. And I was kind of starting to like him um, because obviously like the, the mob, the mob rule and going after him was way too overblown. Like it was just it was unhinged um and that haters in particular these women these these voluptuous women that are coming after tom sandoval are detestable so then they kind of make him likable same with the reunion um james and lala the fucking clown show They were so over the top, screaming at him and trying to punch him and just out of control. And he's sitting there like pretty chill and just trying to like get through the questions. And then it's like, okay, you guys are like making Tom likable. But even with all that, even with being the contrarian, then, you know, you got to snap back to reality and you've got to go, okay, just because all of these fucking people, Lala and James and, um, you know, the midwits from the Midwest are so vile and atrocious. It doesn't make Tom great. So we don't like Tom and I don't know. I like Ariana. I mean, I don't like her. I don't know. I mean, do I like her? I've never liked her on the show, but she's handling it well. She's handling it well from every perspective, from a PR perspective, from a personal perspective. I believe she's telling the truth and, um, I think Tom's horrible for cheating on her. I hate to even say that because I hate to be with 
the I hate to be with the crowd on this one because the crowd is usually wrong. They're usually fucking wrong. You know, these are the these are the dumbest people on the planet. So generally, whatever the majority is saying when it comes to these shows is wrong. But they are right in this case. Um, and there's just been all of these matronly plain white women. And they're going to Tom's shows and they have signs. They have signs and they have t-shirts that say Team Ariana. And they make these signs that say poo-poo head and worm with the mustache. And they go to his concert and wave the sign around and screech and holler. And it's just like, this is out of control. This is so beyond. I mean, it's it captures the fandom. Go back and listen to my episode, Bravo is the new brony. Is that what it was called? Yes. It, it's, it really just crystallizes what this fandom is. But it does make some of the uh, more unlikable people, like the Toms, likable just by default of having them around. And all these women... No offense to people listening if these women describe you, but they all have like accents, like it's a like a Midwest accent or a Jersey accent and and it's like bitch. You made a sign. You literally made a sign. You paid for a ticket to see Tom Sandoval's rock show, whatever his cover band. You probably drove hours because he's probably performing in kind of the city center, wherever he's touring. I'm sure he's going to like, you know, Midwest spots, but these women, like they probably don't even live in that, like the, the downtown hustle bustle area they, you, you are probably on the outskirts. So you drove hours in the fucking snow or whatever. Actually, it's not winter there, is it? In the, in the beating hot sun, heating up your car, heating up the dashboard because you don't have aircon because it's a it's a old it's an old car before they even had fucking aircon and you go with your damn sign and your sweaty pasty complexion and you wave around a fucking sign that says poo poo head and you drink cheap wine like it's so fucking embarrassing and you know I get it life's hard we all have, life's hard okay and we all need to just like, we need to do stupid things sometimes to get through and to have fun and to blow off some steam. But if this is your outlet, reassess where you're going. Um, with that said, I do love Raquel. These these Karens will never make me a Raquel hater. She's so interesting. I want to find out, is this neurodivergency? Is it is it something else? Were you just too much into the show? She should be on the cover well, not the cover, because it's not a magazine, but before Barbara Walters carked it, remember she would do um, my the most fascinating people. Raquel should be on the most fascinating people, because she really is fascinating, because none, exa- none of us know why she did it. And when you see her on the show and on the reunion, when they're, like, talking about the affair, she's, she's like, laughing. <laughs> she's laughing, and it's so funny, and she'll, like, smile. And you're like, okay... Are you neurodivergent? Are you just in show mode? Like you you don't know the difference between real life and reality television. So you're just sort of smiling because you just think this is just a fun storyline. Like this is TV and we're making content and everyone is excited about the show again. And you haven't really like grasped that. You haven't really grasped what you did and the kind of the deception. Like what is it? 
she's fascinating. She should be on Barbara Walters' Most Fascinating People. But I want to talk about how much money Ariana is making. And from my estimates, speaking to Mama June's manager and speaking to like a, I spoke to someone that runs like a full branding marketing company and that works with like influencers and helps do, you know, um, broker deals and stuff. And then the Mama June manager, I estimated when I added it all up, definitely over a million dollars. That would be with the Vanderpump Rules salary, which is about $500,000. And I sort of added up to be like around the end of the year, but you know, it could be a little less. It could be more, you know, offers are rolling in every day. Like there's something new all the time that she's getting. Like you open, you know, page six and it's like, Ariana is doing a movie. Ariana has a deal with this brand. Oh, Ariana's merch line is making six figures. Like there's something new all the time. She was at a chicken shop the other day. She spent an hour at this chicken shop like working the the drive through she would have made like heaps like the estimate i got on that was she could have got like 60k 80k the instagram ads she's getting about like 20 25k um the most money that she got so far was she staged paparazzi photos as part of a sponsorship deal with this finance company and uh yeah they do they do personal finance so the way she did this was they set up the paps and i knew this was staged as soon as i saw it i didn't realize that it was a brand deal at first i thought it was just her just for pr but i saw that page six had the photos exclusively and they they get her like taking boxes out of you know because she shares her house with tom sandoval they still they they both own the house so they've both been staying there and she's bringing the boxes out. I'm like, okay, you know, her manager or whatever is called the Paps, and they want to show, look, strong Ariana moving out of out of Tom's, you know, sex den where he defiled their marital home. And then someone messaged me on Instagram because I think I posted it, and someone said it's a brand deal. Look at her sweater, and the sweater had Sophie which is the the brand of, it's like SoFi, Sophie, SoFi, whatever. That's, that's the name of the brand. It means like So Finance. And she had these boxes and the boxes had finances written on them. And I was like, oh my God, I think this like was sponsored. And then a couple of hours later, she drops like an Instagram reel um, that is all filmed. And it's like a full on commercial with the guy from SoFi, Sophie, whatever, SoFi Faux Farm. And he's like, I'm team Ariana. And we helped her get her finances in order because she's moving up, not out. And I was like, okay, wow. Anyway, we estimated that she probably got around a hundred grand for this because she may have made a cut from the photos because the photos actually went everywhere. Um, the photos were sold everywhere. And that's quite elaborate because that kind of media exposure, that's a lot more than just on your Instagram. So they got a real bang for their buck from this campaign with her. They got all of the social media engagement from doing on there and they got all the mainstream coverage. So we think she got a hundred grand and I don't have a problem with her cashing in on this because I get that she's like fucking annoying now because she's everywhere and everyone's worshipping her. Like, you know, she's the queen. Like, she's the only person that's ever been cheated on. Like, you know, everyone's been cheated on. Everyone's sort of like been in this situation. She's walking away with all this money. You know, people are throwing a pity party for her when she's literally at the peak of her life right now. So I get that she's like annoying 
in that regard, but bitch, please, like, if you got cheated on and then you had an opportunity to, like, make all of this money, you're telling me that you wouldn't? You know, you've got to make, uh, what is it, make hay while the sun shines? Is that the saying? You know, you've got to row, row while the water's in, whatever. And that's what she's doing. She's just taking every fucking deal that gets thrown her way. And she's probably, if she's smart, which I think she is smart financially, because remember, she and Tom, they lived in this crummy rent-controlled apartment for the sort of first five or six seasons they were together on Vanderpump Rules, even though they could have afforded to move, you know, move up and out. But they stayed there to save money, and then they bought, you know, a nice house together. And um, they probably were able to just buy it outright instead of getting a mortgage, I guess, because they saved really well. And um, she's smart with her money. So she's just, you know, she's got a nice golden egg savings account going. But I do think that, I don't think, sorry, and I don't think any of this is affecting her brand at all, because I think people, you know, all the women that love her, all of the, you know, the poo-poo head sign holders who think Worm with the Mustache is the funniest quip they've ever heard. Oh, Worm with the Mustache! Ah! And they're, you know, having a fucking a mug, a coffee mug with Worm with the Mustache on it. They think it's so hilarious. I'm, I'm putting this next to my hunky-dory mug, you know. Those people are happy to see her make money, but I do think that with the staging of the photos, she went a little too far. Like, she can accept most deals, but this was, you're playing with their emotions. You're kind of like punking these fans. And again, I just talked about the fans. These women are not the most emotionally stable people out there. I mean, this show is their whole life. They've they've gone at home. They've gone out to, you know, um, Walmart. They've bought cardboard and you know uh pens they've sat at home these are grown women like some of them have children some of them don't some of them just have cats but these are women that you know i'm sure they have jobs at least and in their spare time they chose to make a sign drive hours to see the tom sandoval concert that they paid money to get tickets and they stood there waving a sign that says poo poo head um these are the kind of people that Ariana is toying with emotionally. And I just wouldn't want to play around with people like that. I mean, when they idolize you like you're a saint, it's a little dangerous. I'm not saying that they're going to commit the next mass American shooting, but, you know, maybe they will. Okay. I'm going to predict the next one. It could, it could potentially be a 34 year old receptionist who snapped because Ariana didn't get a selfie with them at BravoCon and they spent hours making a poo-poo head sign and Ariana didn't acknowledge it. And you know what? Bang, 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 BravoCon's going down. Actually, my prediction, honestly, wear a bulletproof vest to BravoCon this year because these people are getting a little too close to the edge. Um, Lisa Rinna just did an interview the other day and she was like, yeah, it was, it was like these death threats. She's like, I had to get the fuck out of here. It was just like, de- they they didn't understand that it was like that we were making a television show. She's like, it was scary. I got out and I agree. So before you go to BravoCon, if you are going to BravoCon, tell your loved ones that you love them. And just if you've got anything on your chest that you've wanted to say, you know, you, you know, like someone dies suddenly and like, oh, you know, I wish I had told them how much they mean to me. I think do that before you go to BravoCon, just in case. 
if you have anyone that means anything to you. I kind of feel like if you're at BravoCon, you might not actually have that many close people around you IRL because it's like, you know, you're going to BravoCon like, this is my community, you know, so you may not have a lot going on. But if you do happen to have anyone in your life, tell them you love them and just wear a bulletproof vest in case, uh, have a, I don't know, a taser or what are those things that they bring to the um, the sports games and you press it, it's like, meh, you know, those like honker things, bring one of them. I mean, that might just draw more attention to you if you're hiding under a table or something, try not to get, not, not get gunned down by Becky. But I don't know, just be careful out there. But Ariana's coming off well. Um, it is hard not to be exhausted by her. But, you know... She's doing a good job. She's basically been turned into the new George Floyd at this point. She's a George Floyd type character. It's like, it's not VPR, it's BLM. Um, and I did this article, like I said, about how much she's earning. And people are just throwing money at her, kind of like they did with BLM. And I said this to my friend. I'm like, she's like a Floydian figure now. And I'm like, I'm going to say that on the pod. And he was like, no, you can't say that. He's like, you need to stop. He's like, you need to reel it in now because you're trying to make it in Hollywood and you don't want to screw stuff up for yourself. You know, don't call her the George Floyd of Bravo, even though she like totally is. Um, and I was like, I don't know. And I'm like, I think I can talk about it now because we all know that like BLM was a scam and it's all over the media now. So I'm like, does that mean we can joke about BLM? Can we joke about George Floyd and BLM now? But I feel like, yeah, you're always trying to figure out like, okay, have we got to the point now where we can joke about, you know, this thing, whatever it is. And it's like, if you're three months too early, your life's ruined. But then if you get in at the right time, then it's like, everyone thinks you're funny. So I don't know, but we all know BLM's a scam now. We've known for like quite a hot minute. I mean, how long ago did I talk about that on the pod? I feel like that was quite a while ago now, but sometimes things feel longer than they are. Maybe it wasn't that long ago, but you know, me and Kiki, we did review the the BLM expose and it is back in the media again this week because more people are kind of like starting to go down on fraud charges, which is funny. It's like, oh, here's another one that, you know, wired money to their cousin or whatever, you know, that, you know, they, they thought they were, get, they were taking money to fix violence on the streets and then they, you know, oh, they bought a mansion. So more of that's coming out. That Patrice Colors, she's like the BLM HBIC. She's always, she's always in mess. Like <laughs> she's the main one that like, think hired her brother-in-law to do security, but she paid him like 2 million or something. She's the one that bought up all the mansions. The latest thing with her is that um, she took money from like Warner Brothers to make, content like they signed her it's like why she's an activist you know and they signed her to us like a streaming do you know like how Meghan markle got the netflix and the spotify deals um or like alex cooper got her spotify podcast deal um they signed this patrice colors the blm broad to make content for them and then they just fired her recently because it's been like two years (laughs) she hasn't made anything for them and at first, when I read that, I actually was, like, kind of on her side. Because I'm like, well, you know, it actually takes a really long time to, like, produce, like, a show or a documentary or whatever. Like, there's so many steps that you don't just fucking get a camera crew. And it's like, here we go. Like, there's a lot to it. So, I'm like, maybe she's been working on things. And I don't know. There was, like, COVID. Maybe that had delayed some stuff. I was kind of giving her the benefit of the doubt. But then I'm like, no, wait. 
fucking Hulu is churning out these stupid Bravo documentaries. The um, what the Shah Shocker and the uh, the Randall scandal is the latest one, which just is so cringy. I would never watch that. These fucking tacky Maury Povich. I, I was going to say documentary, but they shouldn't even be called documentaries. They're just like such exploitive, like lowbrow trash, which I mean, I like exploitive lowbrow trash, but I don't know. These just, these true crime docs just rub, rub me the wrong way, but they like shit them out. Like it's a fucking big Mac, you know, like here's an X one, here's an X one. They're just churning them out. And then this BLM chick had two years and you couldn't make anything. Like all you really need to do is get, um, I don't know. If, I'm trying to think of like some activist people, whoever the fucking latest act, you know, Don Lemon to talk about, you know, oppression and like then Warner Brothers will air it, you know. Um, anyway, I hope my friend wasn't right. I hope I'm not in trouble for this. I'm not trying to do this in annoying, like, oh my God, I'm going to get cancelled. Are you triggered? Because I said something like edgy. Guys, are you triggered? I'm not doing that. I'm just saying, you know. When you're in the mainstream, it's like the it's like a monkey on your back. That's what that means, right? The monkey on your back. Wait, let me Google that. It's a monkey on my back. Hang on. Monkey on my back meaning. Yes, someone else Googled it too. You're carrying a burden or a problem that you find difficult to get rid of, period. It's like a monkey on your back because you're always worried like, oh, is this the thing that's going to make me unhirable? Like, is this, is this the tweet? Is this the episode that's going to, like, fuck me up? Because I'm not in an alternative space where I can just get away with whatever I want. Um, so it's like, can I joke about this? And, you know, they do have a lot of similarities if we're being, if we're being real. George Floyd and Ariana, they're pretty similar. They were both victims of a tragedy and they weren't the perfect victim. No, they were not. Because... George Floyd, you know, we know his criminal past doesn't mean he deserved what happened, but he had a pretty sketchy past. And so does Ariana. She broke up um, Tom and Kristen. She gaslit Kristen. She was like, I'm cooler than you. I'm prettier than you. Get the fuck over it, bitch. And she let Lala eat her out in the back of the car. And they didn't really even care about Tom. Like, they just did it behind Tom's back. So she's not the perfect victim. So... You know, I'm just making a factual observation here. But yeah, you're always wondering like, oh, is this the thing that's going to get me in trouble? You know, it's like that um, Matt, Maddie Healy, whatever. I listened to the music. Well, I heard one song, but whatever. The song that I clicked on on YouTube, it wasn't good. But apparently he's dating Taylor Swift. Who even knows if they are dating? I feel like they haven't confirmed it. I don't believe anything anymore until someone confirms it, but... They're all saying that they're dating now. Anyone on the Come Town podcast, which was sort of like a dirtbag leftist edgelord pod, and it was hugely popular. It was like, it's a massive podcast. I think it's not running anymore, and the, the main guy went off and did his own show. But it was it was like the OG. I think it kind of inspired like Red Scare and that whole movement of dirtbag pods. And anyway, Maddie Healy went on there. They were making some edgy jokes again, to an audience of, like, hundreds of thousands of people, hugely successful show. No one's really had a major problem with it. And then the fucking Swifties listened to it because 
of Taylor Swift dating Maddie Healy. So they're going over every interview that Maddie Healy's ever done. And he was a regular on the Come Town and Adam Friedland. And then they're all like spinning out on social media and having you know, like boycotts and we need to boycott Taylor Swift now and we need to cancel Maddie because they've heard some like edgy jokes on Come Town. It's just like I always say this, not everything is for you. If you listen to fucking Taylor Swift to the point that you're like a Taylor Swift fan on social media, like that's your identity. Come Town isn't for you. Come Town was not made for you. It wasn't made for your sensibilities. It it's not your sense of humor. You don't get it. You'll never get it. I'm sure there's plenty of podcasts that you can listen to. Go listen to fucking the H3 podcast with Hassan and Ethan. Even that would be like too edgy for a Swifty to be on. I don't know what the fuck a Swifty would listen to. The fucking Oprah podcast. I'm not sure. Like they've just, the Kelly Clark, go watch the fucking Kelly Clarkson show. Like that, if you're a Swifty, go watch the Kelly Clarkson daytime show and watch old reruns of Ellen. That's for you. Like Come Town's not for you. And then they're writing on Twitter and then it's spawning like articles in, you know, Rolling Stone and stuff of like, we need to talk about Matt Healy's interview. And it's just like, I'm sick of everyone thinking that everything needs to be tailored for that. Not everything's for you. There's so much stuff out there. It ain't for you. So this podcast is not for you. Well, maybe it is for you, but if you don't like what I'm saying, then it's not for you. So just go somewhere else. Like, don't be like a loser Swifty listening to old come town episodes and then like, getting outraged. I can say what I want because I I self-identify as a comedian now. I've decided I'm a comedian, period. That's that's my new thing. I should write stuff down more, to be honest. I I don't even have a Twitter draft. I was shocked when I found that out that on Twitter, all those like funny accounts, they like have these like long, 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 long Twitter drafts where they just sit around, like, workshopping, like, material. I thought Twitter was just whatever's on your mind at the time and you just blurt it out, but they're sitting there, like, working working on bits for a tweet. I've never done that. Um, but whenever I do see a professional comedian, I do always think, like, I'm way funnier than this person. This person's, like, an actual comedian that's, like, selling out shows and like getting tv deals and like making all this money and they're like literally not funny at all i'm like i'm way funny without even trying i'm like i should sit down and like write material like i would blow this person out of the fucking water but then i was also like i actually did tweet this other day i said am i autistic or are comedians just not funny and everyone actually responded to me and they said no they're seriously not funny and i'm like thank you like there are hardly any funny comedians and then when you look at comedy specials, you see everyone like laughing in the audience. Like someone will say it's sometimes they say things that aren't even jokes. Like I had to do a story like a week ago about Hannah Gadsby. Well, I know she's like the low hanging fruit where it's just like easy to make fun of like how lame and like unfunny and what a kind of like cultural flash in the pan she was. She was very of the time. Um, this big artificial push. She peaked with that. Nanette thing that everyone had to pretend was brilliant and now that the Nanette moment has passed it's like who's Hannah Gadsby like she probably can't even fucking get a table at the Ivy at this point but anyway you see like I watched um, a clip of her from whatever her latest like comedy special like so unfunny like I can't words can't even express how unfunny it was and then you hear all the people in the audience laugh it's just wild. 
Like it kind of blows. It's like the, the emoji with the head blowing off. You're just like, who's laughing at this? Because I've never met anyone in real life. I don't, I've never met anyone that goes to these comedy shows and thinks they're funny. So no, comedians are not funny. They're not. And um, I sh- yeah, I should be a comedian. I was also kind of thinking like, okay, no shade. This will get me in trouble. You know how people always say that like women aren't funny. All right, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the truth. Um, men do joke about women not being funny. It is something that men say. I'll be real. Um, we do make a joke. We do make jokes about women aren't funny. And I was thinking about. I'm like, maybe they're not funny. Like, are women funny? I was thinking about it, and I'm like. They're not funny when it comes to stand-up specifically. Like, Joan Rivers, of course, is, like, the GOAT, the greatest of all time. She's amazing. And I was trying to think of other, like, female stand-up comedians that are, like, actually, like, really funny. And I couldn't. And I'm like, maybe women aren't funny. But then I thought about it more. And I was like, but you know what? Women are really funny in acting. Man's writing their lines. No, I'm kidding. Um, Because women do a lot of improv and stuff. So I was thinking more, like... Lisa Kudrow in the comeback. That's like the funniest performance writing of all time. Not only did she perform that in such an incredible way, but she wrote a lot of She wrote that. She improved parts of it. It's like genius. And she did web therapy as well, which wasn't as funny, but it was still good. Like she, and that was completely improv. And that still had some really hilarious moments. Anything about like Jennifer Coolidge, She's kind of considered, like, the funniest person in the world right now, basically. Um, so, women are funny, but are women funny in stand-up? I don't know about... I don't know if they work in a stand-up setting. But I think they're... I think they are funnier than men when it comes to kind of, like, acting and performing. And then I was like, are women funny in real life? So, I was thinking about that as well. I'm like, are women funny in real life? I was like, mm. I was trying to think of, like, female friends of mine where we've had like, hilarious jokes and we can't stop laughing. And I'm like, yeah, I do. But I'm like, that's more from... That's more, like, friends that I grew up with. You know, when you have, like, a like a long connection with someone that goes back years and years and you just, like, get each other and you just have all these, like, in-jokes and stuff. But I'm like, okay, what about girls that I became friends with sooner? Are they, like, really cracking me up? I was kind of like... Not that much. I was like, I think I laugh more with guys. But you know what I think it is? I think when you're a guy and you're with other guys, you feel a little bit more comfortable to go there with the jokes, whatever it is. Like, whether it's like pushing the envelope and saying something, you know, like totally offensive or just being like gross and disgusting. It's, you know, real locker room talk. And men will say the most feral shit to each other. It's really gross, but, like, funny. Like, we think it's funny because guys, like, you know, toilet humor and just, like, vulgar things make men laugh, myself included. And I think when you're around women, you kind of don't want to be that gross because you want to have, like, a little bit of respect. You're like, hey, there's a woman in the room. Let me not be, like, a complete fucking pig. Like, let me not, you know, defile this person by you know, cracking open my head and saying every, you know, depraved thought that I have. But when you're with the guys, like, you will do that. So I don't think it's that women aren't as funny in person. I just think it's more like men feel more comfortable to go there with each other, whereas with women, we just want to, like, 
we just don't want to be so gross. Like, we have too much respect for you. And, you know, Ari- actually, Ariana Maddox, she's proof that women aren't funny because she was meant to be a comedian. Do you guys remember that? That was her thing on the show. They all had, like, um, a career that they were pursuing. So, I think, like, Jax was a model. What was Stasi? Oh, Stasi <laughs> Stasi was a blogger. She was like a fashion blogger. So it was Katie. Katie didn't have anything. And then Katie was like, I'm a makeup blogger and a beauty blogger. So we had two bloggers. Jax was a model. Tom was either, I think Tom was a model, musician. He was everything. He was just like going for it. Schwartz was definitely modeling because they would do some of his modeling stuff on the show. And Ariana's thing was, I'm a comedian. She's like, I take comedy very seriously because someone like said something. I don't know. Someone else, I think, in the group was maybe trying to do comedy and Ariana got pissed. That's my thing. I take it very seriously. It's like the most unfunny person on television might be Ariana Maddox. And I do find her charming lately because she just seems like a nice person. You know, when a dog died and stuff, I'm like, oh, and when she was sticking up for Raquel, I'm like, she's nice. And she's not being this gross fucking loud mouth, like yappy rottweiler like you know la la she just seems like a cool nice person but not funny nothing about her is funny there's name one funny thing she's ever said and then i actually typed in in youtube i typed in ariana maddox comedy bombshell nothing came up about comedy like i thought i was going to get her at some open mic nights or something but there's there's nothing there that came up and then i saw she did a funny or die skit well, no, it wasn't Funny or Die. It was Comedy Central with some other broad. Ariana and this woman, whoever she was doing it with, not funny. Not funny at all. It was really bad. But then everyone in the comments was like, oh my God, this is so funny. I'm like, how do you find this funny? It's literally not funny. I don't know. I just, just, it's not funny. Um, Okay, so who else do I dislike? I hate Tom Sandoval. Um, oh, I hate Elon Musk now. So people were mad with me for that. So people might be mad that I'm joking about George Floyd. Well, I said I hated Elon Musk and Ron DeSantis, and a few people were mad. But I'm not talking about anyone in particular because several people responded to me. Sometimes that happens. Like I'll say something on Instagram, and several people will have the same reaction to it. And then I might like mention it on the podcast, and then I'll get a message Oh my God. Oh, I can't believe you called me out on that. I'm like, oh, I wasn't about you specifically. We're just talking broadly. I would never call out individually, like, one of my... No, one of my listeners that's nice. If you're a fucking troll, I will. Actually, if you're a troll, I won't, because I made that rule ages ago. I'm like, I'm, I can't, because they just like it too much. You know, they're getting off on it now, and it's, like, it's sick. It's, like, creepy, and it's kind of, like, disturbing. Like, why why are you here? Like, I don't know. Why would you troll? Like, go do something else. Listen to Call It Addy. I don't know. Like, listen to La, La Culturistas, whatever, Jess Rothschild's favorite podcast. Like, don't listen to me. But I would never call out a supporter because I do appreciate everyone that supports me. Um, I just want free speech. That's what I thought Elon was doing. And I don't even like Elon. When he was like, when he put out the Twitter files, which exposed all of the political bias and the suppression and stuff that Twitter was doing and how they're in cahoots with the government, and the FBI and all of that, I was like, okay, this is a really important thing that he's done. And I liked him on banning people too. So it kind of made me like him a bit when I usually don't. Um, 
And then the other week, and I hate him now, he did like a Twitter spaces to launch Ron DeSantis's like presidential bid. And I'm like, this is such bullshit. Cause you went, you've been going on for like the last year about how um, Twitter was, you know, run by the radical left and the Democrats and there were shadow banning people and it had like a left-wing political bias. And now you're literally using it to host a Republican presidential bid. Like just be fucking neutral dipshit. Like stop, like don't do Democrat or Republican presidential launches on there. Like he's going to turn it into, you know, like a right-wing telegram chat. The Milo Yiannopoulos telegram channel that's what he's going to turn Twitter into, where before it was, like, more lefty. I mean, it wasn't that left. I've been on Twitter for a million years. Now, you didn't say, like, there were certain words you wouldn't say on there, um, for sure. And there were certain jokes that you probably wouldn't make on there. So, I guess, like, it was more restrictive. But I wouldn't say that it was, like, a raging left-wing, you know, cabal because I still followed plenty of, like, conservative accounts on there, and I still, like, saw their tweets and stuff. So I don't know. But I just feel like make it neutral, and I posted about it. A few different people replied. They weren't happy with me um, shading Elon or Ron DeSantis. Look, I hate them both. I'm sorry. I'm not into either of them. I think they're both foul. And the Ron DeSantis launch by the way i liked him for i know i've said before that i liked him there was all on the COVID stuff and i will tell you even then i knew that he was doing that COVID thing for pr because i'm i just feel like i'm good at spotting those things i think it's my job i think i'm watching reality tv for so long from being in the business from like writing stories and just seeing how kind of like the media works and then just talking to people in the business, like seeing behind the curtain and stuff, and now for doing it for so long, and then just being someone that's kind of perceptive anyway. I just feel like I just clock these things so easily. So even though I was agreeing with everything he was doing with the COVID thing, I'm like, he's someone has told him, I don't know if he came up with this or someone that is like managing him, or maybe they came up with it together. I don't know. But like someone's come up with this stunt to like separate him from Trump and make him like a breakout star is like the only person that's going against the COVID narrative. I'm like, if this wasn't benefiting his career, his political career, he's not going to be going out on a limb. Like, I don't believe he was doing it, you know, just for pursuing the facts, you know, I mean, maybe he was, I don't know, but I agreed with everything he did with the COVID stuff anyway. So bravo. But even then when I was liking him, I was still like, I still think he's, I don't agree with him on like heaps of other stuff. And I kind of liked him doing the anti-woke things like at first, like the first like couple weeks when he was doing it, I was into it. And now I'm like, I can't with either of y'all on any side. Like now I'm seeing all these videos of people like fighting in targets about like the pride display. First, I got the videos of, I don't know, these like right wing nuts that were in target. I don't know, they were getting triggered because there was, you know, like, I don't know, T-shirts with flags on them or something, ripping them down. This is the devil. This is grooming. So I'm like, fuck these people. And then the other day I saw this actress. I thought it was a parody. I'm not like, I actually thought, I thought this was a right wing comedian making fun of like lefties and, but it was actually legitimate, which was shocking. It was some actress from Twilight and she was in Target crying because she said she has a, a non-binary seven-year-old. And she said, you know, I came in here with my non-binary seven-year-old and they said to me, mommy, 
I'm being celebrated because they saw the pride display and now Target's moved the pride display to the back. And I can't come here anymore because what am I going to tell my child? She's like in tears. Like I literally thought I'm like, oh, this is like a pretty good like parody. Like who is this comedian? I just click the profile. See, she's like, com- she's completely serious. Oh, and guess who um, commented on the post? Bronwyn. Bronwyn was like, I stand with you. You have a beautiful community behind you. So I'm like, oh my God. So I hate all of this. I'm over this culture war stuff. I can't deal. Like, it's just too much. Like, get the fuck out of Target. Target's a good store. I like Target. I don't want you polititards, polititards, ruining Target. I love Target. It's got some really good shit. And I still shop there. I enjoy it. And I don't want to go in there and see people crying about non-binary or like ripping down rainbow flags and stuff. If you would like to buy the rainbow flag, whatever, buy it. If you don't want to, don't buy it. Like there's plenty of stuff in Target. I'm just, yeah, I'm definitely over the both sides right now. Um, And Elon, just be neutral, bitch. You know the thing about Elon? He's so like, he's like Katie Maloney. Because he just has no fucking charisma. So it's like, even when he's right about things, because sometimes he is right about stuff. Like, I always said this about Katie. I'm like, I agree with what Katie says, but we all just hate her because she just has no fucking charisma or X factor. And that's Elon totally. Ariana is George Floyd and Katie's Elon Musk. Um, Do I have any other political thoughts? I'm trying to think. Yeah, I like everyone, kind of. I like everyone except Ron DeSantis, honestly. I like Marianne. I like RFK. I like Trump after the town hall. I'm sorry. I had Trump derangement syndrome like a few months ago. I was like, I can't have Trump back in the news cycle. I'm like, it's too much. Like, I can't go back. Like, I had like PTSD from the Trump derangement syndrome of his, you know, presidency. I'm like, I can't go back to having every headline be this again. And then he kind of like went away for a while and then he did the CNN town hall and that Caitlin Collins was like, well, do you still believe that men can grab women by the pussy like you said? And he's like, no, I said women let you grab them by the pussy if you're famous and wealthy. And I stand by it. And I'm like, period. I'm like, yes. I mean, some I've been talking to some of my friends that are like sugar babies. One of my One of my girlfriends who is a sugar baby has just been like gallivanting all over Europe. By the way, it's not Shallon because Shallon's currently in Europe gallivanting as well. And I'm not talking about her. Like, hello, she's obviously a working gal. But I have like a friend that literally is like a sugar baby and she would let someone grab her by the pussy if (laughs) if they were wealthy and powerful. Um, So I was into that. The other thing I want to talk about was this Meghan Markle car crash. You know how she, okay, you know this fake car, this fake car chase where she was like, I was in a high speed car chase. I nearly died. Clearly, you know, it was all, I knew it was a fucking lie as soon as the, it came out. As soon as she made that claim, I'm like, of course she's lying. And then it came out the and you know, NYPD, I nearly said the NYPD blue, like the TV show, the NYPD and the taxi driver, et cetera, they all like blew holes in her claim. Like it was a lie because they lie about everything. They're pathological liars which we know everyone with a brain knows that they're liars now. I, I'm getting flashbacks now to when I would get people messaging me that were Meghan Markle stands, like attacking me for questioning her. Honey, the facts are out there. 
The facts are out there, plain and true and simple. She is a liar. But it's really funny because before she concocted this, I was kind of like, I wasn't, I wasn't team Meghan Markle. But before this so-called high-speed chase, she spoke at some some gala or some awards thing. You know, they always have these fake awards ceremonies all the time. Where it'd be like the women's the women's power summit presented by um, Claire's jewelry. You know, whatever it is. And I think Gloria Allred was there, or Gloria Steinman, one of them, one of those like feminist lawyers, high-powered feminist lawyers, was there. And, uh, you know, fucking Aaron Brockovich and whoever else, the whole crew was there, Mia Farrow probably. And they make up a fake award and they're like, here you are with the Women's Visionary of 2023 award for humanitarian efforts on social media. And then, you know, they come up and they give a speech. And she went there, she had some gold dress on, she looked great, she looked very attractive. And, like, the media coverage just from her going to an event was so out of control. Like, it was just, it was way too much. And, like, all she did was go to some stupid awards show and got a fake award. And, like, I saw that, um, I don't know if it was, like, Daily Mail or if it was New York Post. It was, like, one of them. Um got a body language expert to, like, analyze her when she was on getting the award. So I'm like, y'all need to just fucking take your foot off her neck now. Like, we've, we we know she's a fucking liar, and we know that she just speaks in word salad. And we already know, like, it's done. Stop beating the horse. It's dead. You know, Megan Kelly, which, by another one, I'm, I'm off Megan Kelly now. I'm sorry. I know I was, like, vouching for Megan Kelly, uh, you know, two weeks ago. Telling everyone to support me. I can't with that show anymore. <laughs> like, it's funny. She cracks me up, but I, I, you know, I can't hear Meghan Markle rants, like, every day. It's just too repetitive. And, you know, she just fucking... <laughs> Meghan Markle goes to the bathroom and, and Meghan Kelly will do six months worth of coverage on it. Uh, it's, it it's too much. So... I'm feeling sorry for Meghan Markle. And then she fakes the high-speed car chase because obviously she's trying to get that Diana sympathy card. And then that gets blown to pieces because she's a pathological liar and so is Harry. Or, I mean, he's a willing accomplice to her lies. I mean, he probably believes it. She, he, she probably told him this. that's what happened and he just goes along with it. Um and my question, this is a very long-winded intro because I actually had a point to this and I just rambled. Um, but my whole point is like, I follow all of these, you know, different influencers, um, Instagram, like news accounts, not new, like uh, pop culture news, like Hollywood Unlocked, for example. I'm into Hollywood Unlocked. Like I follow those accounts. So when Megan very first made the claim or her rep did, she was in a high-speed chase. She was nearly killed, obviously a lie. They all reported it and, you know, they all did their TikToks and their reels and Meghan Markle was, this is all the Americans, by the way, that's the progressive Americans I'm talking about that all still support her. Um, and then they haven't cottoned on yet because they won't read the revenge book and they won't look at the facts and they just believe the propaganda that she puts out via Netflix and, you know, they believe the lies, the lies, the lies, the lies. And they're all reporting it breathlessly. And then I'm reading the comments and all of the comments are like, why won't they leave this poor woman alone? This must have been traumatic for Harry. His mother died like this. Because, you know, that was obviously the goal. It was like, let's Diana eyes 
Meghan Markle and make her seem like she could be the next. It's sick. The, the fact that Meghan Markle and her people put this out there, it's so, it's, you may as well dig up fucking Diana's corpse and like wear her bones around your neck as a necklace. Like it, it's some fucking tasteless, nasty Rob Zombie shit that you're doing. But she did this anyway, and all the comments are just, you know, they're bleeding hearts for Megan. And then, of course, it gets blown apart. It was all lies. It was all made up. And I didn't see any of those people do a follow-up of, now the NYPD have said, or the taxi driver has actually said that it was, you know, not, like, a stressful ride, and they were fine. Like, they just never followed up. Like, what is wrong with y'all? You just don't want to see the truth. You don't want to see the truth about anything. Whenever some new information comes out, you're like, oh, didn't see that one. Um, that didn't happen. It's like, girl, it's right here. It's everywhere. Like, I'm just, I can't believe there's still people on the Meghan Markle train. Like, how are you still on that? You know, that's like if you're, it's like if you're still boosting, you know, at this point, like you're still going out getting the boosters. I know someone that's on their fifth. I, I mean, I think you can't keep getting the boosters. I think, I think even like the farmer, they're like, mm. <laughs> they've like pulled them back in places because they can't like keep getting away from it. But I know someone that's like still boosting and they were like, yeah, Jacques reading the wrong information on this. Like we still trust the boosters. I'm like, mm, okay, girl. <laughs> people, some people just really don't want to know the truth. They just don't want to know. They're like, I'm happy not knowing. Okay, guys, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. You know the usual stuff. Follow me on social media at UnpopularJP. I didn't drop a new Patreon this week. Well, over the weekend, usually I do. I haven't yet. Um, I was just waiting for a few things to happen and see a few things. So I had some, like, fresh material. I didn't want to go in there with some, like, tired old shit. But I will drop a new Patreon episode later this week, patreon.com slash unpopularjp. I'll see you guys next week, probably, although I'm going to Melbourne for an event. So we will see. Maybe I'll be tied up. But anyway, thanks for listening. Share the pod. Leave me a review as always. Five stars. We love it. Bye, guys.